Welcome to the Expat Cast. I'm your host, Nicole Palazzo, and today, before we dive into the episode, I want to share with you guys a funny anecdote. Yeah, it's funny. I feel frustrated, but it's funny. So, it is September at the time of recording and releasing this. That means it's the end of summer. I have gone the whole summer with only one pair of shorts, and this pair of shorts um, was part of a box of clothing that I found on the street. Uh, yeah, so all of my shorts somehow totally disappeared, and I thought, okay, like, I must have forgotten to pack them when I moved over here. No, no, you know what? I had them. I had them last summer. Okay, where did they go? Where could they be? And I checked everywhere. I checked all over my apartment, in my suitcase. I had my mom check back home, see if maybe I left them there. I checked at my boyfriend's family's house. Maybe I did laundry there once and left them there. No, all of them totally gone. But anyway, I am packing for a trip back home to the state. So I'll be in Philadelphia and Chicago over the next couple weeks, which I'm really excited to see all my friends and family. But as I was packing, I found all my freaking shorts. They had for me all summer, and then the very last day that I could wear them here in Freiburg, I find them, and now I'm packing to go somewhere where it's colder. Great. Anyway, I guess this is maybe one of those expat problems. There's like 45% of your belongings in one country, 45% in the other, and 5% are lost, and 5% are drifting somewhere in between, hiding from you. Yeah. Anyway, I have shorts now. Real excited. Can't wear them anymore, but still, good to have them back. Back to this week's episode. (laughs) I sit down with two guests, so this is the very first time that you'll have three voices in your ears on the expat cast. I sit down with Anne, who is a mother of four, whose family took a year abroad in Freiburg. So you're going to hear from Anne, the mother of the family, as well as Tom, her oldest child, who's 10. You'll also hear her mention Vinny, who's 7, and then the twins, Ned and Lee, who are 5. And sometimes throughout the episode, you'll hear either Anne or Tom refer to the kids as the bigs or the littles or the bigs and the twins, and that's what they mean. So bigs is Vinny and Tom, littles slash the twins is Ned and Lee. And there's, of course, also Errol, who is the father of the family whose job as a philosopher is what brought them to Freiburg in the first place. They are such a great family, and it was so much fun to talk to Anne and Tom. I love getting Tom's perspective, and I'm really excited for them to share their thoughts on this year abroad with you guys. So, enough rambling. I'm going to go fold my shorts and put them somewhere that I'll remember them. You guys sit back and enjoy this interview. I'm Ann Thompson-Lord. I'm 34. I like to say that I'm from Nebraska, but my kids are from New Jersey. We moved here from Princeton, New Jersey at the end of August. Hi, I'm Thompson Lord, and I'm 10 years old. I'm from Princeton, New Jersey, but I was born in Arizona. Okay, and so you're in Freiburg now for, what is it? We're recording in June, so 10 months. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm, Yeah. Okay. What brought you here? My dad's a philosopher, and he came here for a year for and his he, junior leave. And he works at Freiburg Institute of Advanced Studies. How did you feel about moving over here? I mean, at the beginning it was kind of hard because, I don't know, I just wanted to stay. But in the past few months, it's been really nice. It just was hard with German. I feel ya. <laughs> and how was it for you? And were you excited or nervous? What was all of the above? Yes, all of the above. 
I was definitely excited when Errol told me in February, last February, mm -hmm. that he got the fellowship, that we could live in Freiburg, Germany for a year. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. And then as it got closer and closer, when the emails started coming in about sign up for Fall Little League and being like, oh, we're not going to be there. The closer our date came, the sadder I was that we were leaving Princeton. And it took a while for me. It was really not until Christmas time that I started feeling like, okay, this isn't the worst place in the world. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that was me too. So I also moved here in August um, of the same year. And I, I don't think I'll ever forget. I thought I was doing so well with adjusting. And then end of October, I was up in my boyfriend's family's mountain house, which has no internet connection. So I couldn't even text my family and friends. And we were up there for like four or five days and I didn't talk to them at all. And I was mostly speaking German and I wasn't at a point where I felt totally relaxed in German, like I could do it, but I was working, right? And all of a sudden it was Halloween and it, it didn't matter. No one cared, no one knew. One kid actually in this tiny, tiny little mountain village, one kid rang on the doorbell and he was in costume, but it came and went so quickly I missed it. Um, and I thought I was okay with it, but then at dinner someone asked me, um, so what do you miss most about home? Just a standard question. I cried. <laughs> I broke out crying. And I don't think I stopped for probably two hours. And um, yeah, it was like the ugly tears too. It was full out. Like I had no control. So so anyway, for me, it also took another couple months after that before it was like, okay. Yeah, Halloween was tough. So the big kids, because I have four children and we divide them into the bigs and the twins. The bigs are seven and ten, and the twins are five now. And the bigs of school had a Halloween party, and everyone was supposed to dress up, and I was so excited. I'm like, yeah, we're going to be American and have costumes. And so I dressed as a pattern queen. Cool. And I had, yeah, I had a polka dot skirt and a plaid flannel with the striped polo shirt on top <laughs> and saddle shoes and argyle socks, like all these patterns. I'm like, yeah, I'm a pattern queen this year. And we get to the party and all the adults are just wearing like tons of goth makeup and <laughs> vampires and witches and only like scary costumes no. like I didn't get the memo that it's just scary dress up and so no one understood my costume didn't think I was wearing a costume and I just was like this is my holiday and you guys are ruining it yeah what was it what was Halloween like for you I mean it was it was it was fine like it was just kind of odd because in Princeton the adults don't really dress up it was just the kids I wasn't really thinking that all the adults would have super fancy costumes. Mm -hmm. And they were like dressed up, someone dressed up like doctors, and they had all the gear. Wow. And it was just well, like... scary doctors. They had like <laughs> fake blood. It was oh. It was supposed to be scary. It was surreal. Yeah, surreal. <laughs> Backing up further even, what were you guys seeking out opportunities abroad, or did this like fall into your lap? Yes, we were seeking out. Errol, my husband, was up for his junior leave. He's a professor at um, UPenn. And he had to apply for outside funding to get this year off. And he wanted to go somewhere. And 
I said, well, if you want to do that, we should do it as soon as possible because I didn't want to pull out the kids from their school once they were older because they're missing a big piece of their academic life with being in the German schools. Going into it, I told all the kids, but especially the bigs, that their only academic goal for this year should be learning German, that they would catch up in all of their other subjects. But that's a lot harder to do when they're older. For sure. And to learn those things, because do you go to a school that speaks English or German, Tom? In Freiburg? In Freiburg. (laughs) (laughs) And in Princeton. (laughs) Now I'm curious about Princeton, too. (laughs) Um, German's the main language, but still... Basically, everybody's like all the teachers speak English well, and most of the kids speak English well. Okay, but when you learn, you're learning in German, right? Yeah, but in the beginning, everybody, the kids, they were speaking in German to me, and it was just kind of hard because I, I knew a tiny bit of German because I, I took German classes in the U.S., but I, I couldn't speak conversations well. So I was thinking, too, with schooling, if you are learning things when you're younger in a new language, it's a little bit easier to then go home and figure it out with the family, right? Whereas if you were like, if Tom, if you were like 16 and you were learning like geometry and all this complicated stuff in German. Some of this math homework is very complicated because they learn things that is just not important in (laughs) our American elementary schools, I feel like. Like there's a lot of... Um, patterns huh and I never remember that being a big thing about like using the compass and the protractor to make mirror images of an image and that was a huge unit for him wow yeah it's a large struggle to get through the homework every day because the directions are in a language none of us understand (laughs) and It took months for us to realize the German curriculum is different, that the homework isn't about what they learned at school. What? I know. (laughs) So what's it about? (laughs) Um, It's just they have a week plan. So they have, let's say, five pages of math that you have to complete the whole week. Oh. And then for homework, you have like three, four pages that you need to do at home. So it was hard because Tom would get so discouraged. I don't know how to do this. And Errol and I would be like, what do you mean you don't know how to do it? Didn't your teacher teach you this? And we later found out that no, they have <laughs> lessons that they do at school and then they have lessons that they do at home. Wow. Without the teacher. Without the teacher. Because the school day is so short here. It's eight to one wow. that they supplement it with the Hausaufgaben. Interesting. I, I mean, I don't really like it that much. Like, it's good in the reasons that sometimes in the U.S. I just got tired of working. Mm-hmm. Like, the last period, I would just be, like, worn out. Like, I couldn't do it. But it was so nice because if I got through that, then we'd only have, like, one page, two pages of homework in fourth grade. Meanwhile, in fourth grade in Germany, like... Math homework, German homework, French homework, science homework. Every day. Bike homework. Bike homework. Bike homework? Wait, what? <laughs> like, biking is just, like, something that they just don't have in America. Like, yeah. biking class. And there's, like, biking lessons. That you have, you to, have like, it in school? Yeah. What? <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, it's led by the polizei. What do you learn? 
I don't know. Just like yes, you do. Tell her. <laughs> well, tell her about the age rules. You oh, love talking oh, about yeah. that. So you're not allowed to go on the street until you're ten. Really? Like yeah. on the on the road well, where the cars go? Yeah, you can't. You ah. Can't, and you can't go on the Radweg. Okay. You have to go on the. So the bike paths are only paths. for ten and ten and up. But isn't that dangerous if you have, like, a five-year-old biking in the, the, the pedestrian walkway? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't know why they made that one. I'm not the person who makes this. But he the loves to enforce them when his really? seven-year-old yeah. sister tries to ride right her bike. Street. But I don't really like the bike homework just because it's something that I just feel like even in Germany, they don't really follow the rules. Like, like links up vegan and that stuff they just don't even it's just not really enforced actually except by you yeah and i've noticed you've been using your hand signals lately and i've been impressed yeah they are useful but it's just i just get very discouraged that you have to do it right on the test but i doubt anybody would like the police though and the police like i've got stopped from the police. On your bike? News no. to me. No. Oh, okay. Not on the bike. Not on the bike. <laughs> I was walking. And apparently, I, I, apparently you weren't allowed to walk on that sidewalk. Oh. So this police wagon said, and you're not allowed to walk on the sidewalk. But that's never happened with biking. And I've never seen that happen with biking to anybody. Like, But it's so important, like in the school. Yeah, path. he has to go to a special location, bring your own bike helmet. But then they have bikes for the kids to ride there. Yeah. And they have a course set up for them. That sounds kind of fun. Well, he hates it, but I'm glad. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it sounds kind of fun. Like, I thought it would be very fun yeah. when I heard it. But then it's just so much work. Like, mm. Hey, it's kind of like driver's ed, though, right? You know? Okay, so driver's ed is the same way. But then then you can drive all over the world. That's, well, yeah, that's true. Here, yeah. though, I heard, you know, like the bike rules, maybe they're going hard on you when, when you're younger so that it's really in your head. Because I have a friend who is, I think, in their 30s, and they, they biked while they were intoxicated and got pulled over for it by the cops, and they lost their car driving license because they were showing irresponsibility with road rules. So they do take it, maybe not as seriously as they want you to think, but they do take it seriously to an extent that I'm impressed by. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, but then it's like all of these signs. Which and just now you know confused. them. Yeah, I, I was going to say, Hilton. your parents probably love it. I know, I know the signs. Because <laughs> I, I could use someone who can talk me through all these signs. <laughs> but I, I know the signs, but I don't know like every single thing that you're supposed to do. I'm just kind of discouraged and annoyed that nobody actually follows it in the real world. How was it for you making friends at school? I mean, it was kind of, it was very, very hard. And it still is not easy. Because... It's a very small school. It's just like they never really respected me. And I don't know. It was just like it's very it was very hard to make friends. Here it's just like one week you're friends, the next you're not. And I just I was just kind of scared of people getting really mad at me and so I just didn't really try. And Vinny did, but in order to be a friend, you kind of have to be kind of mean. Huh. Like with some people, like with very few people, you don't. That sounds like high school in America. <laughs> but it's coming on sooner here, huh? <laughs> yeah. It's been hard. I yeah. think it would be different in public school. 
Okay. I mean, maybe, maybe I don't know if it would be easier, but it would just be different because I don't. Th- I think it would still be hard because it would be like middle school. Yeah. What grade are you in here? Um, fourth grade. Okay. If I recall correctly, that fourth grade is also the year where you decide which path you're going on in the future in Germany, right? Yeah. So maybe I wonder if people are feeling any academic pressure. Do you think? I think that yeah. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, the decision to send them to a private school was a difficult one. The school that they attend has a English immersion kindergarten program. Oh, cool. And most of the students who go to their kindergarten go to their Grundschule. And so most of the students are fluent in English. Even though the language of instruction is German, we thought... If there's no international school in Freiburg, let's send them to the school where at least they share a language with their peers. And we don't know if that was the right decision because now that Tom and Vinny speak German, they're still outsiders. Yeah. And it was almost harder that, like, Vinny befriended a little boy who was born in the UK and their home language is English. And so Vinny and her little friend speak English all the time. So Vinny's German isn't nearly as good as Thompson's <laughs> because that's a dynamic too. Like one of the main reasons we had this year in Freiburg was to give our children the gift of having a second language because neither Errol or I speak another language. And it's pretty sad, especially living in Europe when you realize that most Europeans speak two or three and we only speak English and it's annoying. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we're very, very proud of Tom that even though he hasn't had the best year socially, he has really taken to learning German, and we're very proud of him. I was going to say, your accent sounded fantastic. <laughs> I am very impressed. How Do you feel comfortable speaking German now? When it's just like a conversation, I feel comfortable, but I, I don't like it when I'm stumped. Like, I couldn't have a conversation like I could in English. Almost, but not not yet. The so school kind of sucks, but you're, you're dealing with it, right? So what about the rest of it? Like, do you do extracurricular activities, or how do you feel about being a kid here versus being a kid in New Jersey? Yeah, I play soccer for a team in Germany. Can you tell Nicole the difference between how you get to soccer practice in Freiburg and how you get to soccer practice in Princeton? Sure. Um, I bike to practice in Freiburg. With and, your family? Um, no, just with my dad. And sometimes... Sometimes we take the bus. And, but sometimes you've gone alone. Yeah, really? Hey, cool. Twice. How was it? It's fine. I mean, I already knew the, the routine, so it was just like riding with my dad, except minus my dad. So no big deal for you. Now I'm going to ask you and the same question. How is it for you? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was a little nervous, but... I, it was kind of a, a selfish experiment because Errol was traveling and Tom had a game on a Sunday morning. Oh, yeah, and was. the meeting time was either 8 a.m. or 8.30 a.m. And I really didn't want to have to wake up my five-year-old twins and seven-year-old Lavinia and get them on a tram and a bus so just to drop Tom off at the meeting point. So I was like, Tom, do you think you can do it on your own? And Errol's like, yeah, he definitely can do it on his own. <laughs> and he did. And it's about five kilometers from our house. Wow. So it's a, it's a ways. Okay. Yeah. Hey, good. I'm yeah. impressed. <laughs> yeah. 
it was fine. Like, once you've done it often, it just seems like a regular routine. Just like, just doing it on your own. I could not have done it. Like, I even I did not know the way that well on like the 10th time or something. I just needed to, it's just like going to school. Like I could go on my, to school on my own easily right now, but in 10th time, I definitely couldn't. Yeah. I mean, maybe, I, I could, but I would just, I don't know if I would chicken out. What I really like that I can send Tom to go get the chicken from the chicken man, go to the farmer's market and get eggs. In America, I had the police at my door when Tom and Vinny, a seven-year-old and a ten-year-old, were walking two blocks by themselves. Seriously? To, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I just think that in our neighbor, I just think people are a lot more scared in America that the people are going to get kidnapped or whatever. And they just want to, like, make sure more. And, like, like they, the people in Germany, they're just more like, oh, yeah, there's a kid going on his bike alone. Yeah. I've heard people say they just figure, you know, if something goes wrong, there's people around and the kid will ask for help. It's not my business. Right. But it would mean more if the neighbor would have come to my house and said, oh, I saw these two kids alone. Just want to make sure everything's okay. But the fact that this person saw my kids walk up the driveway and then called the police... So the police came over to make sure everything was okay. Just that we had to have a go-between. Right. I don't know. It it didn't feel good. And when I questioned the police officer, I was like, Some, was that wrong? Are they not allowed to do that? And he's like, oh, no, it's fine. But I just had to check it because we had got a call. So do you guys think you'll be able to incorporate any of the things that you liked about living here when you go back? Thompson will be so excited when it's pouring rain and we'll have the option of our car. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, because you guys don't even have a car here, do you? No, we don't. So you have to just figure it out. That day when the tram went on strike in April, do you remember yes, that? Yes, yes. So another downside of our school choice was that it starts at 8 a.m., but it's in another neighborhood. Super the kids have way. to leave at 7.15 in the morning Whoa. to take two trams. But when the t- tram didn't run, I was like, all right, guys, I guess we're riding our bikes. <laughs> But they did it. You did it. Yeah. Uh, and just it. for one day. Okay. Well, we did it for a couple days. <laughs> because because it was fun? I think it had something to do with yeah. um, forgetting to renew our tram pass. <laughs> <laughs> but also, it's just the tram. I think it's sometimes it's just like the board is just completely wrong. Like one time when I was going to the bike school, actually, I got to Schraubentorplicke, one of the stops, because we rode our bikes to that stop. And then Vinny and her, um, <laughs> they only, they, they had to go to the regular school. And so they took the other tram going in the other direction. But I had to take the tram going in the other direction, the other one, maybe three, four stops. And so I got there at 7.35 in the morning. The rule is, if you get to this Musikhochschule stop at eight, the teachers and all the people there leave to the bike school. Okay. It takes like, it's like a five minute walk, but it's kind of in the forest. And if you're there after eight, you have to find your own way. So I, we, I got there at 7.35, it's like a five, 10, five minute ride. I was like, oh, I've got plenty of time. Yeah. And then it says the one Littenweiler, 7.35, never comes. Uh, 7.40, never comes. 
7.45, never comes. What? 7.50, never comes. 7.55, never comes. And once the 7.50... So sweet Tom starts crying, apparently, <gasps> and runs. He, like, follows the tram track and gets himself there, right? Wow, are you serious? Yeah. Hey, smart move. I know, but I felt so but, terrible yeah. <laughs> because Vinny and I just got on the lawn fossa and was like, see ya. Bye. Because <laughs> he had done it several times yeah. before. Yeah, and it was perfectly And he fine takes the tram alone. Times. You do? So, so yeah. it was just really, really annoying. And I just, I'm so, I was just so mad at the tram company that these trams never came. I would be too. Like, it's just like, seriously? Yeah. I think that's maybe one of the bigger myths that people have in their mind about Germany is that everything's punctual, including the trains. It's not true? Mm-mm. Yeah. Yeah. No. Unfortunately. I don't, I don't, it's just, I was just really mad. So do you have a favorite subject in school? Mm, English. Yeah? <laughs> you like it's music kind of, too, it's kind yeah. Of, I don't really like math because math is just such a chore and German is just also <laughs> kind of boring. Do you, did you have a favorite subject in school in New Jersey? Not really. I mean... No. You love gym. Yeah, I love gym. Oh, gym's cool. Do you have gym, gym here? Um, like a sport class? Yeah. Yeah, you do. It's, but it's yeah. not all year. That was another thing. So gym is called Sporthalle for them. And it's at a different location. That's hard for a family like ours who doesn't have a car. Because everyone else just drive their, drives their kid to another place. But for us, that's hard because especially when the older one has to be at a different location and our seven-year-old still doesn't feel very comfortable walking to school herself. And the same thing that they have a swim sometimes, but then we just rely on other people to drive them there. Everybody except me at school has a car, but when I go back to middle school, I'm going to bike to school. Oh, cool. Going back to your question, that is something that we're going to take with us. Biking. Biking. Yeah. Because everybody can bike in the family. And you know how to do it so well now. Nice. <laughs> you can have a certificate. <laughs> so now, okay, I have a couple questions for you now, Anne. Mm. So were you a stay-at-home mom in New Jersey as well? Yes. I work very part-time as a lifeguard. Ever since Tom was a baby, in the early mornings, I worked at a before-school program. And then when we moved to Princeton, I had some babies I guess I had one baby. <laughs> I had one baby. Started uh, working in the early morning again and then had some more babies and <laughs> did the early morning gig because that was really the only time that Errol could guarantee that he was going to be home to watch our kids, even though I am not a morning person at all. My shift is 5.30 a.m. to 8 a.m. <laughs> what? <laughs> but... It's really important for me, even though it's just a handful of hours a week. I really enjoy that I have an identity outside of motherhood. Yeah. That there are some people who know me, see me almost every day, and haven't met my children, because that's very different. Most people know me as Tom's mom's, Vinny's mom, twins' mom. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like you've had more or less time for yourself, or more oh. or less of a, a sense of your own separate identity there's definitely a lot more free time here in princeton i have a very full life with a lot of friends a lot of committees a lot of activities for the kids like the kids are in a lot fewer activities in freiburg mainly my activity in freiburg is just going to the gym and (laughs) making sure that i pick up the twins 
from kindergarten and making sure that Tom and Vinny know where they're supposed to be after school. Do you feel like you've had like boot camp for like staying calm, cool, and collected in stressful (laughs) situations? That's been one of the toughest things about living here. It's very hard to have four young children and an academic husband no matter my environment, but it was so much easier when I had a community and support system and other adults to talk to about it. And then suddenly I'm here and I'm still managing this family and my husband and his travel schedule and I don't have any pals. Have you found anything that helped to either to meet people or to like get by without finding that? Yeah, uh, there's an Anglican church pretty close to our house and that's been really wonderful. Like it's so great at the beginning to go somewhere where we could hear English. That felt really good and I found some friends there. And then the Carl Schwartz house has been such a gift. I feel like that's a really, really high point of living in Freiburg yeah. library. My goodness. Have you been learning German too? Yes, at a slower pace than my children, yeah. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> But I've taken two immersion classes in September and in March, where I go from 9.15 to 12.45, Monday through Friday for three and a half weeks. And that was great. I learned a lot. And then I took a night class throughout the winter. That was two evenings a week. But the night class really doesn't mesh well with our family life. And I couldn't take it for the spring semester because Errol's travel schedule was so much that it wouldn't make sense. I was going to have to miss a lot of classes because we also don't have anyone to babysit our children here. But I love the immersion classes. I loved having the purpose. That's been a place where I've met some people. It was really hard for me when right before Christmas, when all the people I'd met in my September immersion class went back to the U.S. because they were mostly college students here for a semester study abroad. And It was really nice to run into them in town and be like, oh, familiar face. And then suddenly they were all gone. (laughs) You guys are heading back soon, yeah? One by one, how are you feeling? We'll start with Tom. How are you feeling? I will miss, like, the chicken man, like, (laughs) Aldi. And, I mean, I'll miss some of the people at school. But I also, like will be very happy to to see my friends in Princeton because I have a lot more friends in Princeton than in Germany. Mm-hmm. And me I th- too, buddy. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I think I'll be happy but sad. It's a mixed bag because I've really gotten used to how cheap our groceries are here. <laughs> oh my god, yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah, think about it in how often you guys get an ice cream cone in Freiburg. Oh, don't even. Don't even. <laughs> hey, when it's, it's a euro like, a pop? It's a 1 euro. Mm-hmm. And then in the US like super cheap is like $3. And also in the states you get a giant thing of ice cream which is way more than is really necessary and I um would eat it all anyway, but I totally uh, have grown to here. You know what? You get your one scoop. Bit, yeah. And it's it it gives you that little sugar buzz and you're but, good. Okay, so other than the groceries, are you mostly just excited? Um, I love how beautiful it is here, and I love that Tom and Vinny have gotten so much independence by living here, especially Tom. I really enjoy not driving. I'm not a big fan of driving. I'm from South Central rural Nebraska, where we don't have much traffic. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm looking forward to 
being back to our routine. Yeah. We're going back in August. We're going to go back to Nebraska for a couple weeks. I'm a little nervous for the couple weeks of summer we're going to have in New Jersey without a pool membership, without any schedule, that kind of thing. You have so many friends to see that you haven't gotten to play with. You're going to have no problem. So I think it is time to transition to our ending bit. Oh, okay. Zack, zack, zack. So I'm going to, I have two different zack, zack, zacks, one for each of you. I'm going to ask you guys three questions. Give me your gut instinct answer. Try not to overthink it. Mm. All right. Are you ready? (laughs) I'm ready, Nicole. Okay. Where is your favorite place you've traveled to so far? Greece. What is the first meal that you're going to have when you get back on American soil? Oh my goodness, Aranza. What is that? (laughs) Aranza is, it's actually German, which is kind of funny. (laughs) It's an oven stuffed sandwich that, it's a fast food chain just in Nebraska. And there are a couple in Iowa and Missouri, maybe a couple in Colorado too. Which, it's a meat sandwich full of cabbage and ground beef and deliciousness. It's a very Nebraska thing. It sounds it. (laughs) Okay, good. All right, and what is your favorite ice cream flavor? What's your go-to? Jeez, well, it's tough because I hardly ever get my own ice cream. What? I know it. The apple ice cream. Oh, where was that? In Berlin? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was so good. Apple? It it was apple. Apple. That sounds gross. Was it good? It was so good. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, awesome. Okay, those were your questions. You did it. Uh, You ready, Tom? Yes, I am. All right. What is your favorite snack to have in America? Um, Ritz crackers <laughs> and um, the raisins. What's your favorite snack to have here in Freiburg? Does ice cream count? Oh, for sure it does. Uh, yeah, ice cream. Ice cream, awesome. And what is your favorite German word? Oh. <laughs> you can hard. use mine if you want. What's yours? 99. Yeah, it's, uh, 99. <laughs> That's a good one. Gross. What? Gross. And what does it mean? Big. <laughs> That's a good one. Awesome. Okay, you did it. Those were your tack tack tacks. That was fun. Thank yeah. yeah. Thank you guys for coming on and Thanks. talking to us about your whole crazy year. Yeah. <laughs> As you heard in the episode, this was recorded a couple of months back, and the whole family is now back in Princeton, where they are back in school, so I hope they're all having a great time getting back into their normal routines and settling back into life with their normal friends. So I I really found that this episode was so relatable. They both talked a lot about struggling to find friends and how your sense of home is really in your community. I think we all struggled with making friends, and we've all struggled with feeling like an outsider, and I'm so appreciative that they came on and were so honest about all of that. I am going to link to the church that they mentioned as well as the Carl Schertz house that they mentioned in the show notes. So if anyone's interested in looking into those two resources that helped this family feel more home abroad, you can find that there. As always, I want to thank the producer for the Expat cast, Gordon Eisenach, who's my partner in life and in podcasting. And I want to thank Amy Lungi Art for the logo, as well as Sidehug for the theme music. You can find them on Instagram at a hug from the side. And you can also find us on Instagram at the Expat cast. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest, also at the Expat cast. And we'll be back in your feeds next week.